0: Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist.
1: And I'm George Fowler, your couples therapist.
0: We are here to talk about sex.
1: Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts.
0: And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G?
1: Listen, and let's change some relationships.
0: Okay, foreplay fan, I am so fortunate to have a friend and a colleague with me today, Dr. Corey Allen, who is a licensed marriage family therapist. He is the host, the co-host with his wife, Pam, of Sexy Marriage Radio. And y'all have been doing it, I think, even longer than we have, right?
2: 12 years.
0: 12 years. That's phenomenal. Congratulations. And you can find him at smrf.fm. So he's got all kinds of resources, classes and courses and things like that. He's releasing something called Blow Up My Marriage. And so, I mean, this is a great resource. Corey and I have known each other now for, gosh, maybe five years, I think. It's been
2: maybe. a while, yeah.
0: Yeah, we came on your show long ago, and we're so fortunate. And you have been in the trenches. So I appreciate people who are sharing this space with us. And George is not with us today, but who are sharing. And Pam is not with us today, but who have shared the the desire to really spread the word of how people can stay in particularly monogamous relationships and make them hot and good mm-hmm. and the emotional sexual issues that come up. And I'm just, I'm glad that we're together again talking about this.
2: This will be a fun dialogue. It always is great to get with like-mindedness.
0: Exactly. Okay, so, you know, one of the things that you and I kind of chatted about that as therapists we see is how we come across the same dynamic with, with Mm -hmm. a person that we love and we're kind of surprised by it. It's like this thing that drives us crazy, this thing that, you know, maybe we, we keep hoping will go away. And then we get with our partner or our family member and there it is again. And we're Mm -hmm. like some, for some reason or another, we're shocked at that. And I want to know kind of from your perspective and, what you see in therapy, how we deal with all this. Can you describe this dynamic for our listeners?
2: Well, I think what, what comes to my mind with this, Lori, is it's the idea that, uh, you know, whatever, usually whatever draws us towards our mate are mm-hmm. the things that will drive us crazy mm-hmm. when we're with them long-term. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's that element of, I love their spontaneity, because I myself am much more of a structured list this is the way i want life to unfold <laughs> and that spontaneity just try, you know creates this vibrancy and this energy and then when i'm married to that person for you know 5 10 years whatever it may be now it's driving me crazy it's like why can't you ever plan anything you're always springing things on me at the last moment you never can sit still you never <laughs> right. all these kinds of things and i think it's this idea of in some regards it's like we strive for completeness if you think about yeah. it, you know, the Jerry oh, Maguire, yeah. you complete me, that exactly. I am somehow insufficient in and mm-hmm. of myself. And, and so I think there's this, there's a natural tension that comes to play
1: mm-hmm.
2: of mm-hmm. just the way each person is quintessentially different yeah. and wired. And yet what, ha- what I, what's amazing to me, cause I do this in my own life too, and I've been married to my wife for 30 years. So this is still plays out for sure in ours where I, I, we have a pretty good idea who they are, but yet I'm surprised when they show up as they are.
0: Sure, because- sure. It's like it's like those little grains of sand that we're aware of when we first get together become kind of sandpaper right. over time, and they rub us the wrong way. And I think the good news is is they can actually polish us, right? They can right. they can change us in ways that stretch us, make us patient. But like you said, the spontaneity that was so vibrant and seemingly life-giving when we're first connected, you know, also becomes clothes strewn all over the floor because they're running out the door to get to the next appointment and they don't have time to put it in the hamper. Or, you know, there's little pieces of this part that we're endeared by that have difficulties. I I think about women who are often so attracted to that, you know, strong, silent type male. And then suddenly they realize they're married to a withdrawer who doesn't open up about his emotions. And it's like, there's this kind of shadow side to the attraction. But this part too, like, Ooh, you know, I, I need a lot more from you. And hence it all starts. It all begins, right? The tension of I married you and I accepted this part. I might've even been attracted to it, but then suddenly I see the shadow in it and, or the sand and the sandpaper starts to rub on me. And it's like, not a good thing.
2: Right. And because I think a lot of times we come into this with this idea that, well, that'll get better. It'll change. Uh, I, I can change it. And maybe that's not a conscious thought, but I think deep down, we think we have that much sway over our partner because, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about it, mm-hmm. they chose me. So therefore, they're going to be willing to adjust to what I want, right? That's All right. the time. And that's right. <laughs> well, All the time. The problem becomes the same concept is <laughs> going on in their mind.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're wanting to change me and I'm wanting to change them.
2: They'll give up, you know, they'll give up the structure so we can live more spontaneously. Uh, of right. course they will because they chose me. And and so I think this is just a natural dynamic that happens in a married life. Mm-hmm. Uh, any committed relationship actually fits this qua- this this characteristic as well. And so what what I most often see is how it wreaks havoc when it really starts to infringe upon what makes me comfortable, the way I want life to actually be, Mm -hmm. uh, the idealized distortion that we once had. And I'm not really looking at life on life terms to see it as, well, of course, you know, because this is the trap I see all the time, Lori, is I want somebody to bow to my wishes, but I want them to be an independent person.
0: Oh, Yeah. I want them to do what I want them to do, but I want them to like have a spine so that yeah, I can stand on their own them. two
2: feet and, I can and, and, them. and seek their own joys and pleasures in life too, you know? And it's just this whole
0: As long dilemma. as they're completely available when I need them to be.
2: <laughs> exactly. And so I think it's that concept of most of the time people come in and they find uh, our show or me with this idea of I, secretly you need to fix my spouse. That's, that's oh, yeah. why I'm here. Give me the code. And
0: absolutely.
2: And deep down uh, one of my favorites is a, a woman that she actually works for me now. She said flat out, I, when I first found sexy marriage radio, I hated you mm. because you were supposed to help my spouse, not me. <laughs> and then it <laughs> took a while where it's like, okay, I got to just deal with me. And, that's the view I believe in, is that I think um, marriage is a full-length mirror that exposes ourselves mm-hmm. to ourselves. Yeah. And most of the time, I get mad that my spouse brought a mirror to the equation.
0: Oh, that is so true. I mean, I think marriage is a growth experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's my growth experience. We, we want our partner to grow and change. <laughs> That's what we really want. But it turns out that the way we get that to happen is by you know, increasing our own growth. Managing our own reactivity, our own defense mechanisms, instead of being reactive. And, you know, in foreplay, we talk a lot about the cycle, the pursue withdraw. And it's not that I can't have needs as a pursuer, it's the way that I bring them with vulnerability instead of criticism, or that I can't, you know, do my own thing. It's that I also bring reassurance and comfort to my partner and you know, telling them about what's happening inside me so that they don't start to wonder and get all freaked out about me going out into the garage or having a night out with the guys, you know?
2: Right. And so I I think of this in terms of there's just an exposure that happens and what I do with what's exposed in me is the 95% of the work that needs to be done. Yeah. Because I I need to get cleaner in how I go after what I want and Mm -hmm. then handle whether or not I get it better. Because I think, you know, if I want somebody that's independent and stands on their own two feet, then I'm going to get pushback, even though I'm not going to like said pushback.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wanted somebody who had their own mind, but I wasn't so sure I wanted them to give it to me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or I want them to say it in a nice tone or use the appropriate timing. or Well, life rarely works out that way in real time. We can have times where we're very proactive, usually with the help of a coach or a therapist, that I can kind of get a good way to massage a conversation and bring something up, right? But that, all that does is get us started. Then we usually revert back to, I was too harsh, I my tone, I got dismissive, I got defensive, whatever. And And so, then it really starts to come down to, this goes back to the way you started it at the beginning, of I'm married to somebody, hypothetically speaking, that gets defensive. Mm. And yet, when I bring up something difficult and they get defensive, why am I shocked that they're defensive? I knew it going in. Right. Right. And so, if I can untangle and untie my attachment to how they react and view it as, was I true to me and how I brought this forward? Mm. And this is in my experience with my wife, when it came to uh, sexual overtures and bluntness mm-hmm. about our sex lives and just sexuality and erotica mm-hmm. and all the different things that happen in our erotic lives together, uh, I was always too attached to her reaction mm. when we first started our marriage. Right? It was very objectified. I'll own it. It was very one sided. It was not sex worth having that I was that I was inviting us towards. Ah, but. It. looking back at it, it's very, very clear. She had the courage to actually say as much Mm -hmm. at one point, which is what shifted our dynamic quite a bit. But one of the things I recognized is when I'm too tied to her reaction, it limits what I express and who I am. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And it doesn't mean I'm ignorant to her reaction, Mm -hmm. but it does mean I had to learn the steps of I would say something, I would make a gesture, I would do something, and that was a win in and of itself because I was expressing me and I was letting her feel me in that moment. And that's a different dynamic.
0: Yeah. I think what you're saying is important that, especially if we have tendencies toward being more naturally withdrawn, um, which is being afraid of conflict, it's mm-hmm. hard to bring out directly what we want and who we are and you know because yeah we could get that defensive reaction and and so then one problem in a relationship could be that we stop telling our truth because right. we're so afraid of that conflict. Right. And I, I I probably would coach a person like how do they say it in odds you know to get the best odds at their partner hearing it. How do they speak from their okay. need, from their vulnerability, which also is their want, you know, in a way that especially if they know this repetitive pattern of I generate defense, we what we don't want to do is shut down and say, okay, my truth isn't worth telling or "My tr- my partner doesn't want to hear my truth or something. Right. I think what you're saying is even though there is conflict as a maybe potentially more withdrawing person, I got to put it out there and i i think i spend my life coaching people how do you put it out there in a way with the best odds at not generating that defense okay so why don't why don't we come back in our from our break and you can tell me if you want to pretend like this is this is how it would go and i'm going to coach you ooh cozy earth cozy cozy this is the gift of luxury you guys Cozy Earth offers a wide range of loungewear, pajamas, and accessories, and bedding, and more designed to bring comfort to you and all the ones you love, enhancing your overall well-being both inside and outside your home, and as I have said, their cozy sheets make your clothes want to fall off. Their loungewear is also crafted from breathable and luxurious materials. I probably own six pairs of it. Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's Favorite Things. Since we are in the cozy season with fires and blankets, I urge you to think about purchasing Cozy Earth. Whether it's for your partner, your friends, or treating yourself, Cozy Earth makes a perfect gift for anyone you want to show a little love for. Cozy Earth provides an exclusive offer for our foreplay fan, 35% off-site wide when you use the code foreplay. That's cozyEarth.com with the code foreplay. Uber lube. It's a luxury lubricant. Can you say that three times fast? Uber lube, luxury lubricant. You know, basically it's pure silicone bliss. It is made from superior ingredients. It has skin-soothing vitamin E and it goes on just like natural moisture and it lasts a long time. There's no drip. Their glass bottles are truly beautiful. You can leave them on your bedstand. I do. No problem. Nobody notices and it's basically like this thin slippery silicone formulation it reduces friction which is great but it doesn't reduce sensation and it stays slippery long enough for lasting pleasure they have travel friendly toughened glass bottles you can slip it in your gym bag you can slip it in your purse you can be ready whenever try Uberlube the silicone lubricant at uberlube.com use the code foreplay for 10% off really It is the best lubricant on the market. So Corey, what you're saying, right, is I have a sexual need about what I want to have happen. And I gotta bring this to my wife. And if I don't, I'm not gonna have the sex life that is really exciting and meaningful to me. And so I'm all about that. Okay. I think you gotta bring that up. But you have noticed a pattern of defensiveness. Like every time you bring it up, there's defensiveness. Can you kind of tell me what you say and what it looks like on the other side?
2: Well, so I want to add a clarification, though, just real quick, Laura, because this is what's so fascinating being two clinicians and professionals, because sure. you're describing, and I love the idea of how do I present something with the greatest likelihood it gets heard? Yeah. Right. I'm going to come at it from a standpoint of how do I present something that's the most self-respecting way and then secondarily hoping it gets heard.
0: (laughs) Okay. So you you really want to tell your truth.
2: Yeah, that's the the biggest thing to me.
0: The inside. Okay. So I want to hear how this goes. So I I want to hear the self-respecting way first. Okay. And and let's see what it sounds like. And let's see what happens inside you know, your partner.
2: Okay. So I think bringing it forward most of the time, um, and I would do some of the same kind of coaching you're describing, is context and timing matters. Because if I've made a move or an instigation and it didn't go well, and now we're both a little off or hurt, that's not the time to unpack this.
0: Yeah. So this is not an initiation about what you want right now. This is a process conversation where you're going to talk with your partner about like what is really deeply, essentially you as a sexual being, a sexual creature, yeah. and what for you needs to happen? Okay, good. Yeah,
2: I like. Yeah, it. and so I, a lot of that would be something in this. I'm just going off the top of my head <laughs> with this. Um, that would be something akin to uh, a, a vibrant sex life is is a, a value to me, mm-hmm. and I would love more availability from you. And just mm-hmm. kind of, I'm given a framework of this is what I'm looking for. I don't know how this is actually going to look, but this is what I'm looking for. Because a lot of times, if if I go from just my history, personally speaking,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that would have taken tremendous courage even to just get to that point. I agree. <laughs> right? I agree. To, to say this is a need I really value,
0: right. and I'm
2: putting it out here to see what you do with it or don't do.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think what I love about what you just said and how you said it is you were really speaking about your need. Mm -hmm. You were saying, this is what I want. And I think what happens with sexual pursuers, which I'm going to class you that way, and, you know, there's always exceptions. But as a sexual pursuer, sometimes with enough rejection or enough bad timing incidences or things that are not working out, they kind of give up. And mm-hmm. they can become burned out. It's like, well, forget it. You know, I've just married a ex-partner. My partner is frigid. Or they start to make up in their head something. Yep. And so they, they don't bring this out. So I think the courage to bring it out is so important. And, you know, just what you said is actually it's need-based. Like for me, I want a vibrant sex life. You know, mm-hmm. I want more availability from you. So if I were, you know, Maybe a sexual withdrawer, hearing that as a partner. You know, if I were triggered, right, I could go into the view of myself, which says, Oh, oh I'm not absolutely. enough. Absolutely. Yep. I'm not enough. And my pushback is going to be defensiveness. Like, right. Okay. Well, yeah, you always want that, you, you know, but it doesn't, you know, I'm just never enough. And you're always complaining. And so I'm going to build a defense about that but you started really not from a critical place you were not right. critical of the, your partner you were not saying that she wasn't enough you weren't you were talking about this ideal this is what i want this is what makes me happy and i celebrate that i think that is great if i were top of my game as a sexual withdrawer right and try to remember like sexual everybody listening sexual withdrawers don't necessarily not like sex Right. Maybe they need sex differently. Maybe they need something different from their partner. So maybe I would say, okay, you said a vibrant sex life, Corey. Can you help me understand what that means to you a little bit more? Because that's that's broad for me and I don't know. And I, I got to tell you, I feel a little anxious inside because I know we've had times that, mm-hmm. you know, you've initiated things and I'm just pretending I'm the partner, um, not your partner, but. This is pretend, you right. know, and so what what would that look like? Like, what does vibrant mean to you? So this is me getting a hold of myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not defensive now. I'm curious, which the opposite of defensiveness is curiosity. Right. So when when we are in a secure, more secure place, we can attend to our partner with curiosity instead of, you know, our own protective move, which might be, Saying my partner only wants what they want, they're selfish, and right. right, they have a we have a negative view of the other, and we also have a negative view of the self, which is I'm not enough. But I'm I might even feel those things inside. But sure. I'm putting them on hold. Sure. Putting on them on hold so that I can more further explore what this means. So what does vibrant look
2: like? Well, so even kind of tracking what you're if, if you're going from the best in yourself here, mm-hmm. that reaction could possibly throw me off mm. because the courage it took just to get to what I said first mm. was all I was hoping to accomplish. And now all of a sudden I'm invited into a dialogue that I got to define even more yeah. <laughs> when maybe I don't have it defined yet.
0: Yeah. And if, <laughs> so, if if you kind of are an emotional withdrawer but sexual pursuer, you might not have language. You did the best absolutely. you could. You might not have language to further describe vibrancy and availability, and you don't want to nail it down because, again, there's this like, oh, I don't. Well, then the trick then
2: the trick becomes how do I not define it from what it's not? Yeah, Yeah. right. Because that would be so easy to do. It's like, well, I don't want to do you know Sunday afternoon two o'clock like we've always done. Mm We're the same position, blah. blah, You know, Mm -hmm. because that's that is in that kind of a veiled. I'm critical. Of, yes, it is I'm kind of it's an undercurrent, sophisticated attack,
0: right If exactly. you will. It's the what and I so don't instead,
2: want. Instead, and to I, me, it would almost it would almost be from your response would almost then be, okay, well, I'm a little taken aback by your reaction right now, and I need mm-hmm. to ca- get a hold of myself to define what does vibrancy even mean. Mm-hmm. I mean because the initial mm-hmm. thought is we're both engaged and we're both pursuing mm-hmm. each other and what we both want. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's maybe more vocal awareness and conversation and more you taking the reins at times in mm-hmm. the build up towards and even during you know and it's just because I don't know in some regards that's really hard to quantify, mm-hmm. but then again, maybe it's not. I can still give a framework of I,
0: I love what, what it you're looks struggling like. with here, I really do yeah. what you're struggling to define because. You know, when I talk with sexual pursuers, so often they're like, "But if I lay it down, I still am limiting it, and my fantasy is unlimited." <laughs> like if if I have to tell you, right. what I to tell I you want, exactly th- to then do, when, when
2: to do it and how, then what's then it's the point? not
0: spontaneous, right? And right. and I do think that many times sexual pursuers, like they, well, I think about the goose and the golden egg. Like they don't want the golden egg, which sucks. I mean, they. They will take sex and they want sex, certainly. But they want the goose. They want right. the goose who lays the golden egg, who has desire, who has ideas, who will initiate occasionally. You know, because why? And this is what I would ask you. What would it be like inside you? What would it? What would you say about us? Again, I'm pretending to be the partner. You know, if you had that, what would it mean to you?
2: Well, that's a whole deeper connection to me. That's the idea of, that's a, uh, of, I mean, I, as I'm thinking this through, the way I, I could see it almost being defined as a vibrant connection is where we are following the connection
1: better. Mm-hmm.
2: That we're both present.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. I mean, there's times when you check out, I check out. Well, how do mm-hmm. I check back in? You know, mm-hmm. and I think there's just an element I believe with Sexy Marriage Radio, uh, the way I define great sex, Lori, to the audience is it's two people that recover well.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Because you're following a connection, you got a pattern going, and something happens and you disconnect, you know, because thoughts can become intrusive or a knock at the door or a phone ring or it's cold or, you know, a lot of things distract us. Well, okay, can I settle myself down and reconnect? That's great sex.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I I think… So many people say that in different ways, and I think you're saying it in the sexual realm, which is really important, is for you, you're not expecting perfection. You get it that there's going to be dis- disconnections, mm-hmm. which as a sexual, perhaps withdrawing partner, that's really good news. So you're offering something really powerful in terms of like, look, at, for me, if I had this, I would feel a deeper connection with you. That's, that's really what I'm after. Right. And I think so many sexual withdrawers hear all you want is sex,
1: right. but
0: what your what your heart is longing for is this solid, deep connection where you're wanted, and wanting, and that is appreciated. You know, celebrated, and and you're saying, and it doesn't even have to be perfect.
1: Right. It's
0: okay if we get off track because you know sometimes you may wander, your mind may wander, or my I may wander, but we're going to get on track with each other because. We know how to repair. Right. Yeah. So I think what you've said is we've taken this conversation right from you representing a truth. And I love the way you did it. You did it from a place of vulnerability, from want, need, desire without criticism. And, you know, generally, maybe your partner would respond defensively. This time you get something new, which mm-hmm. is curiosity. It does kind of throw you for a loop. And I think if you haven't actually articulated these things and maybe are afraid to articulate them lest you limit, it's right. Like when somebody asks you, okay, well, how much are you going to sell the car for? And you're like, I'm really hesitant to say, you know, I really want a thousand bucks because what if they offer two thousand bucks? And I think in this negotiation, (laughs) it's kind of the same thing. I'm hesitant to, to say, this is what would make me happy because. What if my partner actually has this much capacity? You know, I, I don't want to limit. But let's just say, I think what you did say, right, is I it, for me, it would be being present. And that is what the research says as well, uh, Dr. Allen, is yep. that being present as lovers is optimal sex. When yep. two people are present to each other, that's, that's one of the characteristics of that. And this deep connection, right? Even, I would say, people talk about, a spiritual connection, not necessarily even religious, but like that they feel one with their partner in their spirit and they have spiritually transcendent experiences. You know, so so this is really big stuff, what you've asked for. And then your partner in a curious response elaborates that. And then you have the grace to say, and, you know, baby, it doesn't need to be perfect. We can just, if we get off track with each other, we'll find our way back to each other. And so you did like the perfect conversation.
2: Isn't that some of it almost imperative? Because if I'm looking for perfection from a partner, I'm also then demanding perfection of myself when maybe I don't have a clear way to know what that even would be yet.
0: Right. Right. So often we don't. Corey, it's been so good to have this conversation with you. You've brought another aspect of this, this importance of bringing forward the truth of what you want. the the need and being courageous enough to put that out there. I think that is so important, especially for our withdrawing partners to put it out there. Like they can't Mm -hmm. be shut down with rejection or whatever, or if the negative cycle beats you down, you still got to come to that place and have the integrity to say, this is my truth. This is what I need from us. And the way you said it was so beautiful because it was without the push Without the anxiety, you just brought it as pure need, putting it out there. And that, that works. And so I just want all of you to be able to find Sexy Marriage Radio on podcasts, wherever they are found. smr.fm is the way you access Dr. Corey Allen and Pam and all of their offerings, which includes lots of cool stuff, um, courses that you can work together. They're online courses, right? And mm-hmm. Corey also does consulting therapy throughout the world. So you can find him and, and get help from him. So I just encourage you to reach out to Dr. Allen at smr.fm, Radio.fm. And again, thank you so much for being our guest, bringing this important truth to us about the representation of the inner world and bringing that to your partner. I appreciate that.
2: Absolutely. It's been fun. Thanks, Lori.
0: Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. Okay, so tell us about your cutting-edge training that you're doing on success and vulnerability?
1: Lori. we just keep pushing it. Coming up with a new module on the playbook of a pursuer, playbook of a which really practical moment-by-moment moment moves of what a therapist can use. You know, we're so focused on what's happening in session. Enough there's talk about theories and these global things. We, I think most therapists are looking for, what do I do in this moment? Give me a tool, George. So that's what we're trying to do.
0: That's awesome. I am so glad you guys are doing this work. I think it helps us be organized to see you do it. You do demos, you do explanations, teaching. It really is interactive. And I think that so many trainings that we sit through don't give us an opportunity for that. So what you're doing is really important.
1: No, we try to emphasize the teach it, show it, do it it model of learning. You need to have some ideas, so we try to teach those. And then we try to show what it looks like implementing those ideas. But most importantly, you now got to practice it. That's how they become yours. And that's what we want our, our listeners and watchers to do, is become their own moves.
0: Find George and his teaching at successandvulnerability.com.
1: Call in your questions to the Foreplay question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by Foreplay Media. Seeking the
2: truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s.